Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Today is Sunday. It's the 1st of October, 2017. Time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. Uh, October in Florida usually means that we will finally get some cooler weather. It's about the 15th of October. Last year it didn't happen until almost, what, December? But I always count on 15 October. That's something Mom taught me years ago, and uh, I tell people that every year. And a couple years ago I said, it'll get cool on 15 October, and it got cool on 15. And they came up and they said, how did you know? (laughs) Thank my mom. Yeah, there you go. Um, Okay, so we'll start off by saying that I have a bandana on today, which some people may be upset about, and that's fine. I don't care. Um, It was sent to me by a friend, John uh, Bellows, who's somebody I highlighted in the past on our our, uh, Prophecy Update of the Week. And um, the reason why I decided to wear this one today is because it pertains to something that will be at the end of the update. So if you don't fall asleep, you'll get to hear about why I chose this one, because he sent me two bandanas today. And they were both appropriate to this particular situation, but I thought I'd wear this one. Um, and you'll, you'll get why when we get there. But um, I have no problem with people wearing flags, even of uh, defeated causes. And I'll talk about that at the end as well. But um, somebody to highlight this week are Dominic and Marinella Tells. And they're in Barry, Wales, which is, uh, if you know, my real name, my real first name, which is a surname from the family way, way back, is actually a Welsh name. Not Charlie. That's, uh, I don't know what that is. It's probably, uh, I don't know what, where that comes from. But anyway, um, uh, my real name and my part of my heritage is from Wales. So these are people I have some uh, family uh, affinity to somewhere back there. But uh, walking through life, knowing that is uh, something greater for us, we set out to dig for the answer. We met in Wales and got married in 2008, um, where we became born-again Christians, praise the Lord. He says, I, Dominic, am coming from Catholic background, which is many in the church here are from a Catholic background, um, a full-up traditions and rituals of many saints that spoke to my soul things without life. And then she says, I, Marinella, am coming from a Romania with an ignorant Orthodox background where Jesus is born at Christmas time and dies at Easter time every year. In other words, that's pretty much the whole whole year is centered on that, and uh, it's not even the right time of the year for the, the birth, especially. Um, but uh, anyway, and he is our Passover lamb. He's not an Easter bunny. So in uh, our walking with God by studying the word, we felt impressed by the Holy Spirit with the Superior Word website in which your teachings are clear, simple, and have what the Bible tells us as the word of God filled with truth and spirit. And I appreciate them saying that. So I, I, I very much do. And they both said, God bless you, your family, your ministry abundantly. And that includes all of you here. So uh, we send our love all the way over to uh, Dominic and Marinella Tells and Barry Wales. And our first category, as always, is Israel. Uh, today, uh, I have an article that goes back to August, but I, because of the storm and everything, it kind of got put in the background. But I wanted to read it anyway, even though it's a month or so old. Very interesting. From the Times of Israel, Messianic Israeli couple 
cannot marry in Jewish ceremony, rabbinical court rules. Now, we saw, if you watched the travel video from a week ago, there was a Messianic wedding that Sergio and Rhoda highlighted on their weekly uh, travel video. And it was beautiful. It was according to the Jewish customs. They did all the things that they do, but the rabbinical court will not allow them to be recognized. A Messianic Jewish couple cannot get married in a Jewish ceremony in Israel. A rabbinical court ruled. The couple are considered converts to Christianity. They've made the divide, which uh, next week we're starting the Day of Atonement sermons. It's going to be a three-part sermon, and you will see things that pertain directly to what we're talking about right here in that Day of Atonement. I hope that you watch those sermons because they are as important in understanding proper theology, New Testament theology, the state of the church, the state of Israel, all of it is tied up in those sermons. Okay, so uh, and I will say this right now so that everybody understands this. The day of atonement is fulfilled in Christ. It is fulfilled. We're not looking for any future fulfillment. These are not feasts of Israel. They are not Jewish feasts. They are feasts of the Lord. Jesus Christ died as our atoning sacrifice. The New Testament makes that absolutely clear. The way that I break this down, you will see that. There is no doubt that you will see this. And to say that Jesus Christ did not die in fulfillment of that, which is a part of the law of Moses, means that he did not fulfill the law of Moses, right? If he didn't fulfill the law of Moses, we are not worshiping the Christ, the Messiah of Israel, of the world, okay? It is fulfilled. I'm not looking for any special thing to happen on the Day of Atonement this year or any year. If the Lord wants to come and rapture us out on that day, that's fine. If he wants to do it on trumpets or if he wants to do it on Passover or any other feast day, that's fine. Or he can do it on June 23rd, which is, you know, a, a zero day as far as I know on any biblical calendar. We are waiting for the Lord Jesus, and he has fulfilled the law. Anyway, getting back to this, um, they say they believe in Jesus as the Messiah, which they should because he is, and that they work to spread the gospel, which they should be doing. Good job, Messianic Jews. They belong to the Tiferet Yeshua Messianic community in Tel Aviv. The court uh, based its opinion in part on a ruling by Israel's Supreme Court in 1992 that said a Messianic Jewish couple from the U.S. could not move to the country under the law of return since they had converted to Christianity. If you follow the book of Acts from Acts chapter 1 all the way to Acts chapter 28, one of the main purposes of the book of Acts is to show that the church is a section, it's a, a, a actually more a fulfillment of, but it is allowed under the uh, Jewish uh, religion in the Roman Empire. Luke wrote that explicit for the, this reason. You have what's known as um, religio licita, which means a legitimate religion, and you have religio illicita, an illegitimate religion. Every single time throughout the book of Acts, the Jews come in and they say, this person is starting a heresy and our, our whatever, blah, blah. And all the way through, every single person that they accost comes and says, you worry about this yourselves. This is a matter an internal in your Jewish affairs. In other words, Christianity stems from Judaism. It is the fulfillment of the biblical Judaism. What we have today is rabbinical Judaism. Once again, we're going to see how that pertains in the Day of Atonement uh, uh, sermons. You will learn something that you probably haven't processed before out of those sermons. It is amazing. But um, we're not here to hold any punches when things are the way they are. That's what we stick to the Word of God. So we'll go on. Um, the court said that the couple told the court that if they would give up their Christian beliefs, they would reconsider their decision. And so they are saying that if you recant of your Christianity, we'll let you get married in a Jewish court. And I'd be like, you can 
keep your Jewish court. We can get married anywhere in the world. We can live in the presence of the Lord, and we are not giving up on Jesus Christ, or as they would say, Yeshua HaMashiach in Hebrew. Um, Judaizers. It's exactly what the book of Galatians warns against. Anyway, so there you go. We have the um, name of Jesus in there, Yeshua. If anybody's confused about that, his name is in Hebrew, Yeshua. And what happens is it it, uh, goes through a transliteration process into Jesus in Greek. And then we follow that down into Jesus, or actually Jesus, which is the silent J in the Germanic languages. And then the English languages pronounce the J. And so that's where we get the name Jesus. But his name is Yeshua. There's a lot of people out there that say it's Yahshua or Yahashua or all these crazy names. It's not. It's Yeshua. That It means salvation. And when he speaks to the people in Israel, like uh, what's the guy's name that came in? The little wee guy, anybody? Little wee man? Zacchaeus. That's, I've got a dog named Zacchaeus. So you never want to forget that we have Zacchaeus, the wee little man, right? He went to Jesus' house. Or I'm sorry, he went to um, Zacchaeus' house. Jesus did. And what did he say at the end of their talking together? He said, surely... Salvation has come to this house. He was making a pun on his name, Yeshua. Surely Jesus has come to this house, and this person is saved, salvation. So he's all the way through the writings of the New Testament, you will see him taking his name and making puns out of it. It's rather astonishing. And also the Old Testament many times uses the word Yeshua to point to the coming Christ. I think it's uh, 77 times it's used in the Old Testament, and it's always pointing to what Christ is going to do. Marvelous stuff. From Jerusalem Online. West Bank Settlement, three Israelis murdered, one injured in shooting attack. You probably heard about that. I included that for the next article, Jerusalem Post. Hamas, who right now the Palestinian Authority is working with Hamas. They're trying to reconcile. And okay, Hamas speaks highly of deadly shooting attack that killed three Israelis. Now, you're not going to see this in all the major news around the world because they want to have this peace process. But how can you have peace with people that hail these things. Once again, Jerusalem proves that it is the heart of the conflict with the occupation, as they call it. Hamas spokesman Hazim Kassim said in a statement on his Facebook page. The operation this morning in northern Jerusalem, they call it an operation. In other words, it was an intentional act against the Jewish people, is a new chapter of the Jerusalem Intifada and da, 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 in an affirmation that our uprising youth will continue to fight until the people in the land are completely Liberated. In other words, every Jew is out in the Mediterranean drowning, and we have this land for ourselves. You cannot make peace with people that want you dead. It's not possible. Okay? All these peace efforts are futile. There will be one coming. We know that. It's going to be signed, brokered by the Antichrist. Little theology for you. We're going through 2 Thessalonians 2 right now in our daily uh, post on uh, the Superior Word website. And uh, the Antichrist will not be known to the church. Paul makes that explicit. It's coming. We're doing those verses right now, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. You will see this. You will never know who the Antichrist is. There's absolutely no reason for watching a video about who the Antichrist is because Paul gives us the sequence of events. It's rapture, and then you have the uh, tribulation period. You've got the uh, Antichrist being revealed. He makes the signs the deal, and then the tribulation period actually goes in. So I've got it all laid out very carefully for you so that if you don't read your Bible, you can read that and know what your Bible says. Okay? But uh, it's one of those things that there's absolutely no point in working on a peace deal right now because it's not going to happen, and when it does happen, we will be with the Lord. Okay, pre-tribulation rapture is what the Bible teaches. If you disagree with that, that's fine. Don't send me your analysis of why because you're misinterpreting the Bible. Okay, from 
the uh, Jerusalem Online, Israel's current diplomatic battle. Prevent the Fakistanian Authority from joining Interpol. Most of you know that they actually did join Interpol. But I want to read this so you know why Israel did not want the Fakistanians joining Interpol. Israel's recent efforts in the international arena have been dedicated to preventing the Fakistanian Authority from joining Interpol. Israel's main concern is that if the Fakistanians join the international police organization, they will be able to issue international arrest warrants for IDF officers and Israeli politicians. This is why they didn't want this to happen. It's because you're taking a non-entity, it's not a state, it's not a recognized state by international standards, you're giving an international recognition to arrest people of a state which is recognized by international standards, which has its own government, which functions properly, which takes care of People all over the world in distresses, they are a a unifying force, they're not a dividing force, but now they will be in trouble because of what is happening in the world. It says, um, the main concern is that if the Fakistanian Authority's status is upgraded by becoming a full member of the organization, it will directly harm Israel, of course it will, by allowing Ramallah to issue international arrest warrants against these people, the officers and the politicians. From Behold Israel... What happened? Interpol votes to accept State of Palestine as a member state. There is no State of Palestine. It doesn't exist. They are, you know, some countries are recognizing it now, but it is not universally recognized as a state by anybody. If you, And yet they've given them this right, and they've given them this right, and this right, and they're slowly and incrementally wearing away Israel's ability to properly function. That is the intention here, is let's if, if they aren't going to get those people out into the Mediterranean Sea, then maybe the rest of the world can. That's the idea there. Okay, from Times of Israel. Israel, Bahrain could announce normalized ties by next year. I brought this up a week or so ago about how things are going between the two countries, and they could have normalized ties by next year. Israel's on the path to normalize diplomatic ties with the Gulf Kingdom of Bahrain as the two countries draw closer over their shared hostility to Iran. That's the key. Once again, every week, Iran is the key. With an announcement even possible in the relatively near future, Bahraini and Western officials were quoted as saying, it's also recorded, I went to uh, Press TV, which is an Iranian news service, and they said basically the same thing. So Iran understands this. They understand that they are the ones that are being isolated by these Arab agreements with Israel. And uh, things are coming to a head. We are going to have serious times in the world, and it's probably not far off. One of the things I will say, though, is I've been seeing ever since the 23 September thing failed, right? Ever since that failed, I've been seeing an increased number of Isaiah 17 fulfillments coming out again. Last year, there was this thing. People were saying, well, Isaiah 17 is going to be fulfilled, and here's the perfect time for it, and blah, blah, blah. And I said, it's not going to happen. Please understand that Isaiah 17 says that Damascus is going to be destroyed as a city overnight. It will never be populated again. That is not going to happen at this point in our history. There are three players that could do that to Damascus. One is the United States of America. We are not going to blow them up. The second is Russia. Russia is not going to blow them up. Israel, the worst thing that they have threatened to do right now was to blow up the palace of Assad, which is up on a mountaintop, if they are forced to do so, if they're attacked by external forces. They are in no way prepared to blow up a city of a million or two million people in order to make a point. 
That is not going to happen. So please don't send me articles on Isaiah 17 coming to its fulfillment. It is nowhere close. That is an end times event after things devolve in the world. Isaiah 17 is not even close to coming. Once again, three players that are involved in that that could do that, and none of them are in the position of doing it. None of them. There's no reason for it to happen. There will have to be a major cataclysm in this world before Damascus is destroyed as a city. Now, having said that, there may be a destroyed Pyongyang very soon. I can tell you that. The way that things are going and the way that he is pushing buttons that is a lot more likely than what we're talking about with Damascus. People don't need to worry about Damascus yet. As a matter of fact, we're not going to be here when that happens. That's my guess. Or if it is destroyed, it's going to happen very, very soon before the rapture. It's, it's something that is not even close at this point. But Pyongyang, I would keep your eyes out for that one because this guy is a pipsqueak and he is making some real trouble over there. Okay. Yeah, pipsqueak. There you go. Um, from Christian News, uh, I entitled this Stepping Out. Okay, and you'll see why as we go through these. But uh, how about Judge Roy Moore won the uh, Republican candidacy for uh, now? He hasn't won yet. He's not a senator yet, but um, uh, he's he's a good guy. He is a Christian. He believes in the rights of the Constitution being applied to the people and that it is not an organic document which can be changed. It is it stands. Uh, We derive our rights from where in this country? From God. We do not get them from the Constitution. The Constitution confirms our rights that were given by God, okay? The left needs to figure that out. As a matter of fact, they really do, because I, I will tell you that it is explicitly stated at the preamble of the uh, Declaration of Independence where our rights come from. Our rights are inalienable. They don't come from any government or any people within the government, and we need to make sure that message continues to get out. But here we go. Christian Post Iranian use. Now, a lot of these go back about a month and a half. I've been saving them as I do from time to time to give you a broad snapshot of what's going on in the world, good and bad today. Iranian use, mass converting to Christianity despite Islamic indoctrination and government efforts. Good job. All right, from the Christian Post. Russia's crackdown on evangelicalism leads to persecution of mostly Christians. Okay, we heard about this last year. They passed a law saying it is mostly Christians that are being, I said persecution, is prosecution. One year after anti-missionary law, evangelical Protestants make up the majority of the 181 cases prosecuted by Russian authorities under the country's notorious anti-missionary laws. Okay, the reason why is because when you tell somebody about Jesus Christ, you're freed. You no longer under the, are under the bonds of your government. That doesn't mean you don't listen to your government. It doesn't mean that you don't obey your government as much as humanly possible, as long as it doesn't contradict God's law. But they understand that these people are freeing them from the bondage that governments impose on people, saying, I'm not of this world. I will live in this world. I will participate in it, but I have a better hope. And they don't want that. They want your hope to be in them. Okay, so next one from Indian Express. Uh, Jharkhand, which is one of the provinces of India, passes anti-conversion bill. Government rejects demand for more scrutiny. What has been dubbed the Religious Freedom Bill of 2017 has provision for up to 100,000 rupee fines and four years in prison for four-year prison terms. It also states that a person converting willingly, if you convert to another religion, uh, must give Jharkhand's deputy commissioner details of the time, place and name of the person administering the conversion that sounds fair that sounds like religious freedom the bill has provision for imprisonment of three years and a fine of 50,000 rupees or both 
and four-year imprisonment and 100000 fine or both if the person converted is a minor, a woman, or a member of a scheduled caste or scheduled tribe. And so they do not want... Why would they say that about castes and tribes? It's because those are the most persecuted people in their country. When you give them the gospel, what do they do? They say, I'm free. I'm not in a caste anymore. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not bound to this, this uh, culture anymore. I am bound to Jesus Christ. And so now they are finding people, and they want to know all the details so that they can get in there. That's some religious freedom, Bill, there, I'll tell you. All right, next one. Um, let's see here from uh, Breitbart. Defector. Christianity thrives in North Korea as citizens no longer respect, meaning the government. Christianity is spreading in North Korea as fewer citizens in the hermit state consider dictator Kim Jong-un a god. Using figures found in the latest International Religious Freedom Report authored by the U.S. State Department, the Christian population in North Korea has increased dramatically, at least fivefold, from about 37,000 known practicing Christians in 2012 to between 200 and 400,000 now. Praise God. Christian headlines. Christian operation using balloons. You wonder how these people are finding out about Jesus? They're using balloons to get scripture into the hands of the North Korean Christians. North Korea is the number one country for Christian persecution in the world. They face extreme persecution and are forbidden from practicing their faith. Christians from neighboring South Korea are involved in a special mission to get scripture into the hands of North Korean Christians. And that mission involves specially designed balloons. The balloons are filled with pages of scripture and can fit the entire book of Mark. Then South Koreans drive to the border, the demilitarized zone, fill the balloons with helium, and launch the balloons, which, if the weather is right, will float down into North Korean territory. The initiative is known as Operation dandelion wonderful stuff getting the word over to your brothers across the border any way you can marvelous well named named. dandelion that's right my joy online catch them young akufo ado anybody know who akufo ado is okay he is the um, president of a nation in africa anybody ever heard of ghana Mm -hmm. listen to this you want to have a good president Get this guy. Catch them young. Akufo Addo urges EP, which is the um, Evangelical Protestant Church or something, or something like the EP Church, to attend to childhood education. The president, Nano Akufo Addo, has urged leaders of the, yes it is, Evangelical Presbyterian Church to turn their attention towards early childhood education in Ghana, emphasizing on the theme of the event, which breaking new grounds, The president said the EP church must embark on a mission of attaining new visions and goals, one of which should be on the training at the early stages of education. The president minced no words in saying that the country has failed in providing the requisite training and knowledge to the country's children. There is obvious and great need in the sector, he said, adding the EP used to be active in the sector. Quoting the words of the great philosopher Aristotle, give me a child until he is seven. And I will show you the man. The president said it is time for the church to catch the children young and you will have them for life. Good job, president. You can imagine a president of the United States saying that today. They take him out and draw and quarter him. Just uh, it's simply unreal. So I'm so glad to hear that he is. And what does it say right in the Bible? You know, 
Get out there. Teach this to your children and talk to them on the highways and the byways and when you sit down and when you rise up. And I know I'm misquoting that, but you get the point. Talk to people about the Lord starting in your own family. Good job, uh, Akufo Ado from Christian Post. Christians fear crackdown on religion under evangelism ban in Nepal. So we have India, we have Nepal. While attacks against the Christian minority has increased in Nepal, the Himalayan country's parliament passed a bill criminalizing religious conversion and the hurting of religious sentiment. Aiming to restrict evangelism, the move is likely to further escalate Christian prosecution. There you go. That's the state of Christianity for the past 30 or so days. Islam today. Everybody see that uh, Saudi women can now drive? Yeah, so I read uh, one one tweet that said, so Saudi women can now drive themselves to their own stonings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they are really they are really oppressed in Saudi Arabia. This is a minor thing. It's going to make the fundamentalists very mad. But I got to tell you something. I would rather be wearing a red shirt and beam down from the Starship Enterprise than be a woman in Saudi Arabia. I am not kidding. Anybody know what the red shirt means? If you're being down with Captain Kurt and you're wearing a red shirt, oh, you're the one who's going to die. Oh, yeah. I, 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 nobody got that. Gee whiz. Okay, well, anyway, yeah, always. I say to Hitiko, we'll be watching it because we're going through the original Star Trek again, and I can say, that guy's toast. She's like, oh, he has red shirt. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I, and I'm not kidding. I would rather be one of those guys with the red shirt than be a woman in Saudi Arabia. So, poor ladies. Anyway, so here we go. And 92% of the Kurds vote for independence. Remember you mentioned that last week? The Kurds had their vote, and 92% voted for independence from the surrounding nations. We'll see how that pans out in the days ahead. A lot of trouble, a lot of anger about it, but we'll just see where it goes. Okay, from the Times of Israel, a little long on the article, you will appreciate it. Iraqi cleric praises Jews, says Muslims seen as the world's headache. An Iraqi cleric recently praised the Jewish people for having emerged from the Holocaust following World War II and managed to win the respect of the world through science, while Muslims are seen as having become the world's headache. In a sermon titled, Don't Be Mad, Strong Words, Imitate the Jews in This, and translated by Memory, who is somebody that puts out a lot of articles on the Middle East, um, Shiite cleric Salam al Askari said that after suffering in Europe during the Holocaust, where Nazis killed and burned them, and they were killed in droves, the Jews put their greatest minds into science and made the entire world kneel before them and accept and respect the Jewish nation. The Jews suffered, he said. The Nazis killed and burned them. Now, he's going to be in trouble because they in Iran deny the Holocaust completely. He's an Iraqi, but he's still a Shiite, okay? So, he goes on. The Jews were killed in droves. They wanted to emigrate, but some European countries banned the Jews from entering. We will not accept them, they said. They were tormented in Germany. Today, when our countries suffer, the youth emigrate to Europe. But back then, Europe shut its doors to the Jews. What tipped the balance in World War II in favor of the Allies were the two bombs that were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki in Japan. You've all heard about this, right? This bomb that terrified the world was manufactured by Jewish minds. It was designed by the minds of Jewish physicists. Europe declared officially, we need the Jewish nation. Turning to the Muslim nation, the cleric referred to an article he said was published by a European writer questioning what would happen should Muslims be removed from the face of the earth. That's his question. Now, this is a Shiite cleric giving a sermon to his people. Okay, I'm not saying this. He said this. 
All right. The conclusion of the article was that if the Muslims were removed from the face of the earth, there would be no more headaches in the world. No bombings, no bribery, no plundering, and no kidnapping. We are two billion Muslims in the world. How many Jews are there in the worldwide? He said 17 million. 17 million. There are more people in central and southern Iraq. That is the number of the Jews in the whole world. How many Nobel Prizes in the field of science have they won? And how many have we won in the last century? We, with almost 2 billion Muslims, have won 10 Nobel Prizes in 100 years. And they're not in the sciences. They're in the the giveaway disciplines, okay? The number 17 million. And how many prizes have they won in the past 100 years? 200. They have won 200 prizes, 50 to 60 of them in physics alone. In other words, if we were to say that the physics of the 20th century is Jewish, nobody could call it an exaggeration. Imagine him standing up there and saying that. So where did they bury him? Where did they, yeah, where is he buried? Very good. Times of Israel. Fakistinian premier to visit Gaza next week to take control from Hamas. Fakistinian Authority Premier Rami Hamdallah will travel to Gaza on tomorrow, 2 October, as part of the renewed reconciliation efforts with Hamas terror group, which runs the enclave. Hamdallah and the members of the government will arrive in Gaza to start taking over government responsibilities after Hamas announced its agreement to dissolve the admin committee and enable the government to assume its full responsibilities. It remains unclear whether the steps will result in further concrete action toward the ending of the deep division with Fatah as a number of previous reconciliation efforts have failed between the two sides together. But they are starting to do this. How will it affect Israel? We'll wait and see. It's it's coming soon to a uh, a uh, alliance near you, though. And it, it, whatever happens, Israel will always be on the short end of this stick. Always. From the Washington Times, Trump's war strategy hailed by Afghan president. We've got an Afghan president over there, right? He has hailed Trump's war strategy. Here's what he said. A difference between day and night. What do you think he's referring to? President Trump's new strategy for the Afghan war garnered a glowing review from the country's leader who said the difference on the ground after just four weeks was night and day from the war plan of the Obama admin. Afghan President Ghani called the change in strategy historic and credited it with putting his country on a path toward victory over Taliban militants and other radical Islamic terrorists. Mr. Trump said every report he hears from Afghanistan reflects the new fighting spirit that has taken hold on the battlefield in the 16-year-old war. This is the longest-running war in the history of the United States of America because we have had presidents that were unwilling to win this war. Well, we have somebody in there now that wants us out of there. He wants it done. He wants it complete. The spirit is tremendous, Mr. Trump said. The U.S. has no choice but to see this war through to the end. From PJ Media, alarmed by Islam, Europe's gays are moving to the right. No kidding. What do you think? I mean, you think they're going to be your allies? You're wrong. Okay, from Mongolia. Okay, ooh, you know what? Something happened yesterday. Uh, Sergio, the guy that does all of the uh, video and everything work for us, uh, he's over in Israel and he does all this work, and he uh, has this app that he did. I can't get that on my bandana. I've got to leave my glasses down like I'm looking down on you now, and I'm sorry, but I'll just take them off. Um, he, uh, he has this app that he did some time ago for Apple iPhones. It's called the Reach app, and it's a way of getting um, messaging out to people. It's a unique way. It's a very, very good app, and he has on his website something that I alone can access, he and I, and what it is is it, it shows every person that downloads the app 
If anybody purchases the app, it tells who they are, and not any of their details. He can't access that, but it tells you know who they are, like in this country, and it will say something like Mongolia, Ula on Batar, and somebody yesterday, right from Mongolia, downloaded his app. So I, I print screened it and I sent it to him. I said, look, somebody did this. But uh, he, it's so cute because when he gets 10 downloads, you hear this uh, little in the background. My computer just starts clapping, and then if he sells one, there's this hallelujah. You know? And then when he breaks a hundred... Then there's this, um, what's the song? Yahoo! Everybody celebrate. Yahoo! And it's great. So he's got this thing to, to remind him that this app is actually performing in order to get him back to the United States of America, which is the whole purpose of this app, as part of his ability to make it back here in a registered company. So anyway, I just thought I'd share that with you. Is that yesterday, somebody from Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, downloaded the app. So here we go. From NBC29. Mongolia delegation visits Charlottesville to learn history of American democracy. Now, I will say that Charlottesville at this point is probably not the best place to go. They're taking down all of our statues. Here's one reason why I'm wearing this today. That's not the only reason. I've got an article coming and you will understand. But a delegation from Mongolia visited central Virginia. They've got that liberal governor who's completely in support of taking everything down and getting rid of any trace of our history to learn about American democracy. It got a look at one of the Founding Fathers' homes today in order to bring history into perspective. I can tell you that when I traveled around the United States of America, I drove right by this place and I said, I am not here to have a vacation. I'm here to preach at all 50 capitals, but I am not missing this. Okay, and I went there and I took pictures, which all the people that watch this will see the pictures of this house. All right, it's um, Orange County's Montpelier was host to the University of Virginia's Center for Politics Exchange Group. They got a chance to see how James Madison lived and governed. They are very accomplished, but what we're hoping to do is provide a springboard for them so they can go back home and even further engage their communities in the importance of democracy and civic engagement. The group will spend most of its time in the Charlottesville area focusing on the environment, unemployment, and government transparency. In addition to learning about U.S. history and leadership, the group will travel to Virginia Beach for another session. Now, remember, they're a landlocked country, so this has got to be a huge treat for them. I'm looking forward to going to the beach, said one. Our country is landlocked, so unlike here, you know, he hopes to take back uh, some American traditions like football. Please don't take that back as a tradition. That's, that's on its way out. It's no longer a tradition. And singing to help with team building. So very interesting. The reason why I'm so happy that they went to James Madison's Montpelier is because when I went there, it is a marvelous house. And it was owned privately for many, many years. I think the state or somebody bought it, and they have been working to restore it. And they're finding all these old doors that were sealed over and all kinds of neat things. The way it originally was, they found the original under one of the walls, the original, um, what do you call it, uh, the stuff you put on your wall? Wallpaper, thank you. They found the original, so now they know how to decorate this house, okay? There is where his desk was. It looks out over the mountains of Virginia. It's a beautiful spot he picked, and he could sit there and think. And this guy did more study on the history of governments in the world than any person ever in the history of the world. He knew everything about every government and what would and would not work. He took the good. He left the bad. This was a genius we're having our founding fathers diminished by, by the left continuously. This man studied everything. He knew what worked, and I'm going to tell you what. There is right by his desk, all over the floor, a ruined spot where ink had dropped. He had an inkwell, and you could see where he'd knock it over from time to time. And you think that the ink 
that helped write the Constitution of the United States of America was dripped right there. It is marvelous. They have that spot isolated. You can touch it if you want. I'm telling you, it is what a treat it was to go there. If you ever get a chance to go to Montpelier, I absolutely loved it. Please go. Okay, Daniel 12 Technology from South China Morning Post. Chinese robot dentist is first to fit implants in patient's mouth without any human involvement. A robot dentist has carried out the first successful autonomous implant surgery by fitting two new teeth into a woman's mouth. Although there were human medical staff present, they did not play an active role while it was being carried out. It did it completely by itself. The implants were fitted to within a margin of error of 0.02 to 0.03 millimeters, reaching the required standard for this kind of operation. The technology was designed to overcome mainland China's shortage of qualified dentists and frequent surgical errors. I was in Malaysia. I've been to Hong Kong. I've been to all the places where the Chinese live. Actually, they say that uh, Chinese, uh, what's the saying? Um, Anyway, there's a saying that wherever you are in the world, you will find Chinese, and it's true. But anyway, if you go to like Hong Kong, I don't know if they do the same more because I was there 20 years ago in the service. But And you could see this in Malaysia too. They would have, the, these are the Chinese dentists. They would have all their stuff laid out on the ground on like a, 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 a yeah, they'd take like a, a blanket and they'd throw it out and they'd put all their tools down. And if you wanted your tooth worked on or pulled or something, you could go right there. Pasar Malam, which is the uh, night market. And you go in there and there's no hygiene and they just get in there and start working right on the street. So yeah, they have a problem with hygiene and they have a short, yeah. And, oh, I'm not kidding. This is, this is this is the third world. You know, in the Philippines, I sat in a Philippine when we were adopting my daughter over there. The girl that was helping us was a dentist. And she was in her office and people would come in just out of the blue and they'd say, I need, I got a problem here. And she'd look in there and she'd say, well, it's um, uh, this and it'll cost this much to fix. It'll cost this much to pull. And they'd say, well, then pull it. And then she'd say, um, well, it'll cost this much with Novocaine. It'll cost this much without. And they'd say, well, then no Novocaine. And she sat there all day. I must have watched her take out 35 teeth because nobody can afford to have their things fixed. And she used these. You wouldn't want to go there, okay? But anyway, this is the world we live in. So we'll get back to the article. This is kind of the mindset that you can see. They are trying to overcome these problems, okay? The technology was designed to overcome the shortages of uh, qualified dentists and frequent surgical errors. The robot combines dentists' expertise and the benefits of technology. It conducts the surgery by itself so it can avoid faults caused by human error. As an additional benefit, it is the first oral operation where the dentist's bad breath was not considered a negative factor in dental care. I made that up. Okay. Anyway, the artificial teeth that implanted were created by 3D printing. Okay. So I added that in because have you ever had a dentist that had really bad breath? I have. And it's terrible because they're breathing on you. Even with their face mask, if they have bad breath, you're getting it. So I, yeah, that's why I added that in. Anyway, we'll go on. Telegraph. British supermarket offers finger vein payment in worldwide first. Finger vein. They no longer using finger prints. Why would they not do that? Why would they go to finger veins? That's right. Here we go. Customers at the cost cutter store at Brunel University in London can now pay using their unique vein pattern to ID themselves. Remember, right hand or forehead, right hand or forehead. What is inside your right hand? Your veins. What's inside of your eye, your retinal scan? Those can't be duplicated. Your fingerprints can. Okay, so here we go. We'll continue. The firm behind the technology has said it is in serious talks with other major UK supermarkets to adopt high-tech finger vein scanners at pay points across 
thousands of stores. Once this becomes a standard, it will be happening everywhere very, very quickly. Now listen to what they do with this. It works by using infrared to scan people's finger veins and then links this unique biometric map to their bank cards. Customers' bank details are then stored with payment provider WorldPay in the same way you can store your card details when shopping online. Shoppers then can turn up to the supermarket with nothing on them but their own hands and use it to make payments in just three seconds. So you don't take any card, nothing. You take in your hand and everything is done. It comes as previous studies have found fingerprint recognition is vulnerable to being hacked and can be copied even from finger smears left on cell phones. So now we have finger pay. We have the ability to introduce the mark of the beast into the world, right hand or forehead. You no longer need to even carry an ID. You don't need anything because you are ID'd. And this is exactly what the book of Revelation says is coming. You take the mark of the beast or you cannot buy or sell anything or you lose your head, right? Okay. Hey, let me tell you what. The choice of keeping your head and going to hell forever and ever is not a choice. Lose your head and go with Jesus, okay? Revelation plagues today. Washington Post. Officials say swine flu detected in 11 pigs at Maryland Fair. The Maryland Department of Agriculture said preliminary tests show the 11 pigs from the Great Frederick Fair are infected with influenza A. It isn't clear if that strain is potentially transmissible to humans. And additional testing is being conducted. This was only a couple days ago. The statement says all swine at the fairgrounds are under a quarantine. The discovery comes after pigs at fairs in Charles County were recently diagnosed with swine flu. After that diagnosis, Maryland's Secretary of Agriculture issued an order canceling all pig activities at the St. Mary's and Calvert County Fairs. That order remains in effect, but the department says all other activities involving swine can proceed as usual, including baconization and other bacon-related activities. I made that up. Okay. (laughs) From News AU, drug-resistant strain of malaria drug-resistant strain of malaria is spreading through Southeast Asia. A super malaria is spreading throughout Southeast Asia and cannot be killed with the standard anti-malarial drugs scientists have warned. The dangerous form of the parasite has become resistant to drugs and is rapidly sweeping through the region. It's just like all of the antibiotics and everything that we take and we don't finish the course, the bug develop stronger uh, traits and then we don't have anything to defend against and we've got to come up with something stronger we are being primed for the tribulation period in this world absolutely primed and this is a class case right here the dangerous form of the parasite has been become resistant to drugs and is rapidly sweeping through the region it is said to have emerged in cambodia but since spread through parts of thailand laos and is now in southern vietnam It is alarming that this strain is spreading so quickly through the whole region, and we fear it can spread further and eventually jump to Africa. The treatment was failing around one-third of the time in Vietnam, while in some regions of Cambodia, the failure rate was closer to 60%. Now listen to this. If resistance to the drugs reached Africa, it would have devastating consequences as 92% of all malaria cases are found there. You're talking about an entire continent that could have death as far as the eye can see. We got we to gotta just be out of here. I, the Lord, you need to know the Lord Jesus because this is coming on the world and there is nothing that we're going to be able to do about it as human beings. It, you look at the, the four plagues of Revelation, guess what? This is one of them right here. 
So here we go. Morality today from the Christian Post. Girls' school head stops calling students girls, fearful of offending transgender students. So you've got a girls' school, and you won't call them girls anymore. The head of one of the leading, leading all-girls schools in London said that she will no longer be calling her students girls in order to avoid potentially offending pupils who are questioning their gender. The headmistress said that she tries to say pupils instead of girls and use the pronoun they instead of she in order to be sensitive to the feelings of transgender students. You think this is unique? I just heard yesterday on the way to the projects, Sweden has adopted this as official policy for all of their schools. No longer identifying people as girl or he and she. They have one word for all of them now. Okay. Heard that on the way to mission work yesterday. Uh, Let's see here. Um, The James Allen's Girls School, which teaches ages 4 to 18, also allows the students to wear trousers, cut their hair short, and be called by boys' names. Statistics from the Gender Identity Development Service Bank in July found that the number of children being referred to gender identity clinics in the United Kingdom has quadrupled in the past five years. So this is a thing that they are pushing, and of course, children are going to go with the, the popular trend. Quadrupled in the past five years. Give me a child till he's seven, and I will, whatever that, and I will show you the man. That's right. True news. Human sacrifice. There is an app for that. A new app for smart devices aimed at children allows them to pick people they can sacrifice to Satan. The game is titled Goat Simulator, and it Its developer lists it as having a 9-plus rating. That means 9 years old and above, meaning it is considered suitable for children as young as 9 years old. As the game's official wiki explains, sacrifice five humans or goats to the pentagram, as with the devil goat achievement. To find the pentagram, go to the party. Find the trail left to the boulder of death. Go past the power tower, and once you see the red pentagram, You'll know you're there. Bring five humans or five goats to the pentagram, and when you're done, have some fun as an evil animal, evil soul. There you go. This is, this is being sold to children right now in the world. Our other category, from the hill. Everybody knows about this. I'm going to make a point in two articles, but I have to get through the first two articles first. Headline only, NFL's Goodell, Trump's divisive comments show a lack of respect. Trump, blame it on Trump. Okay, from the Daily Caller. Trump has ESPN thinking they're actually CNN. ESPN, yeah, imagine that. ESPN turned into a running political talk show on Monday that centered around one man, President Trump. ESPN's analysts were overwhelmingly critical of the president. ESPN host Stephanie Smith claimed during one segment that Trump's attack on the NFL was part of a nefarious grand scheme from the president. It's just the opposite. This is a grand scheme from the left to destroy the infrastructure of the United States of America. Smith claimed during another segment that the battle between Trump and the NFL isn't about politics. It's just about Trump. When asked if Sunday's protests were primarily against Trump rather than against racial injustice, Louis Riddick simply responded, sure. Trump is what they were protesting yesterday in and of itself and spurred on the spike in protests. But I think the players in general, African-Americans in general, minorities in general, still have a bigger picture in mind. There is something bigger thereafter. They are being used as pawns against this nation and the destruction of it. Here's the article that I've been waiting to tell you. Why am I wearing this? I posted it on Facebook this morning. If you saw the article, you know why I'm so upset at what's going on in the world. From Zero Hedge. 
first black medal of honor recipient's act of defiance. He never let the flag touch the ground. This man was in the battle in the Civil War, a black man, and he grabbed the colors of the United States of America because somebody else could no longer carry them, and he defended those colors at the expense, possible expense of his own life, and he was the first black person to win the Medal of Honor. Okay? Now think of the contrast between the two of what's going on in our world today in this man as I read this to you. Whereas players across the NFL are now either defiantly taking a knee or opting out of respectfully commemorating the flag by hiding in the locker room, ironically, the first African-American Medal Honor recipient nearly made the ultimate sacrifice out of his own personal respect for the flag and all that it represents. Sergeant William H. Carney received the nation's highest honor during the Civil War for rescuing the American flag and carrying it reverently in the midst of impossible odds while being shot at multiple times by the enemy. Shot, not shot at, shot multiple times. His act of defiance, while an entire Confederate battalion mowed down his fellow Union soldiers, consisting in not letting the flag touch the ground. This even after being wounded in the head. As the color bearer became disabled, I threw away my gun and seized the colors, meaning the flag of the United States of America. His uh, account of the battle at Fort Worth Wagner states, when we finally reached my regiment, the men cheered me and the flag. My reply was, boys, the old flag never touched the ground. This act acknowledged to be one of the most heroic deeds of the Civil War is recorded in the state documents and in the detailed account written by Sergeant Carney. In May 1900, Carney became the first African-American to receive the Congressional Medal of Honor. Carney's brave deed is depicted on the St. Gaudens Monument in Boston Common. Think of that. Boston Common, where they don't even like America anymore up there. They hate everything America stands for, and this guy is being revered up there. Okay. The what? They'll pull that one down, I'm sure, because they'll make up some name for him. You know that poor black... Lady, she's an African American professor at a university, and she speaks for Dennis Prager University. And she's got the Southern Poverty Law Center calling her a racist. And she's black, and she's defending the moral traditions of the United States of America. It doesn't make any sense what's going on in this nation. Anyway, we'll go on. His, uh, it's depicted there in the Boston Commons. The rescued flag is enshrined in Memorial Hall, Boston. Carney survived the severe wounds and lived until 1908. As the trend of multi-millionaire celebrity athletes defiantly opting out of a minimal symbolic act of respect for the flag continues, remember the example of Sergeant Carney, who even after being shot multiple times defiantly and triumphantly raised the American flag high. Now he went on, this is a very long article, I just took a couple excerpts out of there for you, but he was actually asked, you have been shot, let me take the flag from you. And he said, I will not surrender this flag to anyone except in my regiment. He was willing to die for this flag that these filthy people aren't even willing to stand up for, for what, two minutes of their life? I would not give the NFL one penny of my money ever. Not that I did anyway, but I'm telling you, they deserve nothing. I saw on Drudge today that the NBA has forbidden their players from taking a knee. Good job, NBA. I can't stand basketball, but I'm so glad that they did that. Good job. Yeah, I'm just fired up right now, and I'm wearing this. The reason why I'm wearing this, I chose this one. The guy sent it to me, yes. But you know what? Do we stand when the uh, ambassador of Japan arrives in America and they play the 
national anthem of Japan? Yes, because we respect them despite 40-some years ago or 50-some years ago, whatever it is, they were our mortal enemies. They initiated war against us. We could have gone in there and made every Japanese speak English and, you know, drive a Ford. Anyway, (laughs) but we didn't do that. We gave them their rights back. We gave them their nation, and they proudly have their own flag. The Confederacy of the United States of America had faults. They lost. They were on the losing end of the deal. But it is a part of our history. It is a part of who we are as a nation. And this is what we need to remember. Germany was our mortal enemy. Now they are friends. Forget France. Anyway, um, I love the French, but I, I, you know, anyway, we'll go on. I got some very good French friends, but uh, yeah. Anyway, but, you know, this is what happens in the world. This, we have winners and we have losers, and the losers have to suffer the consequences of their loss, but we don't have to diminish what they did. And some of those people in the Confederacy were God-honoring people that didn't want to go to this war. And it wasn't all about slavery, like people say. That was a part of what was going on, but learn your history. Learn what's going on. I have no problem wearing these colors here. None at all. And I am so proud of this person. I can't wait. If he's a Christian, I'm going to go up someday and I'm going to shake that guy's hand. I'm going to say, good for you, doing what you did. All right, got a lesser for you. Israeli courts find it a loss when one of their own gives a toss to the old ways of the law. It sticks in their craw when a Jew finds his way to the cross. Good job, Les. Okay, our irony of the week. Don't forget Sergio and Rhoda's video will be linked on this uh, video. And if for some reason I forget the link, just go and find it. Sergio and Rhoda in Israel, the most recent one. It is very good. It's showing a baptism in the Jordan River, um, which you will very, very much appreciate. It was the exact same place that I was baptized, and I found out yesterday that my wife was baptized in the same place. She never told me. So anyway, yeah. No, she went with mom, and I went with mom. We went separately. We got 10 dogs, okay, and we had two kids. You know, we've never taken a vacation together in 33 years of marriage. Yeah, we, we do things. Hey, I have a vacation with her 360 days a year. She can do without me five days a year. All right? Okay, here's our ironies. Mail online. Moscow statue honoring the inventor of the AK-47 features a German assault rifle after blunder by the sculptor. Yes, and the worst part, he made the same mistake on a Russian military monument in 2014. He got the wrong gun on the thing honoring Kalashnikov. Okay, and then from Mail Online. Shaman, who said his supernatural powers would protect him in a crocodile-infested lake, is suddenly dragged beneath the waters. And yes, he never showed up again. So once again, we have these people that think they're above the power of the world and uh, they're not following the true God. That's pretty ironic. So such is the world we live in. And so from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, and Barry, Wales, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is The Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.